this is an environment that gold and silver and you know the precious metals thrive on because people are recognizing that their dollar, their their currency is becoming worthless. So how do you uh, preserve that? And and the only way to do that is uh, is by being in uh, in precious metals because they hold their value, particularly gold. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky. It's so wonderful to have you with us on the show today, as it is to have Mr. Rana Vig with me. How are you, Rana? I'm doing fantastic, thank you. Yes, it's wonderful to have you here. Now, uh, for everybody um, who's on the call today, um, Rana is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and he is also the founder of Blue Lagoon Resources. And we're gonna be not only talking about Blue Lagoon Resources, but we're going to take uh, a deep dive into many different aspects of Rana's life that led him to be where he is today. But um, with all that being said, um, Rana, what we'd like to do initially is just to talk a little bit about um, you, your background, and things that you like to do uh, when you're not working, if there is much time for that. Do you, do you have any in, uh, things you enjoy doing outside of the workplace? Yeah, I like to drink red wine. That's the only thing I enjoy <laughs> these days. <laughs> uh, it's funny you said that, you know, because uh, I'm uh, somewhat of a workaholic. Fortunately, my kids are much older and my wife is a super understanding and she actually tells me that, uh, you know, you're happiest when you're working. But the fortunate thing about that is, you know, I'm, I have a home office and most of my life, uh, you know, I've worked from home. So I'm around and, and uh, we have a nice little routine. And uh, but, yeah, I love the I love the end of the day to pop open a nice, uh, a nice uh, uh, red ball of red. Yes. Uh, cats have and let it breathe and just uh, just uh, enjoy that. Well, you can send some over the internet for me. Thank you very much. And I'd have to send some back your way, given that we're in the McLaren Vale region. Um, about Rana, I've done my research and I know that you enjoy esports. Tell us a little about uh, what you like about esports. Well, esports is, is an area that, you know, I think is uh, uh, growing uh, tremendously, right? So, you know, as I take, as I look at uh, taking a, a company's public, uh, that's an area that I'm, I'm intrigued at. To be honest with you, I mean, I was just blown away by probably like most people uh, a little over a year ago when I started looking at this. I mean, who sits at computers playing games and, and, and having people watch them. I mean, I get it that you play games and that's a big business, but watching them, oh, yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't get it. So my kids are into it and they, they explain it to me and they watch on, on, on these various, you know, Twitch and, 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 and these YouTube channels. And, um, uh, and so I think it's an area that's going to grow a lot. And, and frankly, uh, one of the main reasons that interests me is my background for a better part of my life was in the advertising and, and marketing uh, industries. I, I owned a, a publishing company and, a, and an advertising agency. So I know firsthand that these major advertisers are trying to get that niche market, those people that are sort of in their 30s and, and, and early 40s, um, they're hard to get, right? They don't listen to radio you know, anymore and television uh, ratings are going down. And really that's what's driving the whole esports uh, market. So I haven't found a company that I wanna take public yet, but I'm certainly looking. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so very much. Now, it's funny we talk about E. When we add E to anything, we can almost talk about anything because now we're seeing electric car racing and that really made me start to think about the minerals that are required to um, create batteries that run these things. And I think it may be a good segue to talk about, um, you know, um, e-racing in terms of, you know, they need uh, different minerals and things like that. What's your interest in, in those sorts of areas? Well, uh, I drive a Tesla, so, there you know, you I, 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 best car I've ever had. I mean, it's just amazing. The torque on that thing is so incredible. You oh, just yeah. touch it, it, it flies. It's just amazing. But, yeah, you know, look, uh, on that side of it, uh, you know, copper, I think, is going to be a, a big play. In fact, I'm putting together a project right now uh, in Chile that uh, is going to be a big copper play. We've got the best team that I've been able to assemble, uh, former BHP, former Rio Tinto, Anglo, like big, big players who are yeah. at the tail end of their careers. And the reason we've done that, is, or I've done that, is because, you know, I believe copper is going to be very important. And, of course, the reason is, one of the main reasons is electrification. Uh, electric cars like Tesla and others require more than four times the copper uh, than, than uh, the, the regular vehicles. Yeah. So that's going to become a, a very, very uh, important. And of course, there's cobalt and lithium, you know, and the rest. But uh, I think copper is going to be the next big story here coming up in the next uh, one to three years. You know a lot about this game. And uh, I think that's another good starting point for our discussion about um, gold. But um, just before we do that, I'd, I'd love to go over your bio because I think it's important to set the context for everybody who is listening into the show just to know, um, I guess, your caliber and where you've come from and, and what you've experienced. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your, I guess, your corporate um, background with us? Sure. Uh, so most of my life, Rick, I've been uh, involved in private uh, business, right? Uh, more than 30 years, uh, five different startups and different verticals. I'm just uh, basically a, a startup guy who likes to make sure that he's the dumbest guy in the room, okay? Oh, yeah. I want to be surrounded by the top uh, minds, the top thinkers in the industry that I'm involved with. And people have a, often a hard time understanding that. How can you switch industries? You know, I've been, I've been in publishing, I've been in advertising, I've been in, in uh, fitness, I've been involved in various different, you know, startups and, of course, mining. Uh, and, you know, it's because I'm a generalist, right? Uh, yeah. I'm not educated in any one specific uh, uh, task and area. And the problem with that, uh, you know, education is great. But I think the challenge with that is you're, 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 you tend to use it, right, yes. if, you're, if you're focused in one area. So my, you know, strength has been uh, over the years has just been the guy who executes, right? Get, get, surround yourself with very, very smart people in that specific industry that you're involved with. And then just execute a plan because at the end of the day, business is business, whether you're running a restaurant or a, or a movie theater or a mining company or what have you, or a gym, right? I mean, the fundamentals of business don't change. And uh, so my background has been mostly in private. And then about 10 years ago, after the 2008-2009 sort of uh, you know crash happened, yeah. I was looking for a change of a very successful um, uh, venture capitalist as a friend worth well over $300 million, made most of his money in mining initially. And uh, he started talking to me and he says, listen, you know, why don't you get out of your private world and come into my very exciting world of the capital markets, you know? <laughs> So I said, sure. Hey, show me the ropes. How difficult could it be? And I was looking for a change. And I jumped in uh, to uh, mining, put over a million dollars into the uh, into the mining sector in uh, late 2010, 2011. And uh, about six months later, it was, it was worth about 10 grand. I mean, it was like, <laughs> whoa, what did I get myself involved with? And, uh, you know, we laugh now, but it was a very stressful time because you enter into a new area and then you just get your 
you know, rear end, uh, you know, whack. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it was no one's fault. The mining sector collapsed. And you know what? That's the life of an entrepreneur, right? I mean, yeah. you, you can't sit around crying about it. So, you know, I picked myself up and uh, ended up taking over uh, a couple of mining exploration companies. Uh, again, surrounded, my, surrounded myself with some very, very smart technical people. And I made the business decisions and eventually, you know, exited those. And uh, then two years ago in 2018, when 17, when cannabis became super hot, mm-hmm. I lazy gained focus on that industry because I saw the opportunity. And uh, I was very fortunate. I uh, took uh, a company called Curaleaf out of the Eastern United States. I took them public. Curaleaf was the largest cannabis raise in Canadian uh, cannabis history. A $520 million raise it was, a, it was nearly a $6 billion reverse takeover. Wow. And a couple of months later, I was invited again. They said, hey, man, we've heard some good things about you. Uh, <laughs> come help us out. Uh, I took over another uh, a company and I found uh, a company out of uh, Arizona called Harvest Health and Recreation. And that in 2018 was the third largest uh, uh, IPO. It was a $300 million raise and nearly a $2 billion RTO. So, you know, that, that's been predominantly my background in private and then, and then in, in public life. And then uh, I, as I was reading more and more, I thought, you know what? Mining has got to come back. It's been more than 10 years. Yes. And uh, I, I, uh, I, the more I was reading about that, I thought, especially gold. And I thought, you know what? So I decided to launch, uh, much to the surprise of uh, most of my colleagues, they thought I was crazy uh, getting into mining. Because, you know, when I started about more than 18 months ago uh, to, to put together this, this company that I'm the current CEO of, uh, people weren't talking about mining yet. Gold wasn't in favor yet, right? So, uh, but uh, but yeah, that's predominantly my my background. Thank you so much for sharing, Rana. It's it's truly impressive. I wonder, is there a balance between uh, your intuition and research when making a decision, such a significant decision like this? How do you make these decisions? Yeah, look, I'm not uh, that smart. All right, you know, really, I'm just a very hard worker. You know, uh, I, I I get up early. I I, I stay up late. I, I read a lot. I, mm-hmm. I get around. You know, as I mentioned earlier, some very very smart people in the industry. So now that I'm in the mining industry, I try to surround myself. You know, with the with the with the brightest. Uh, you know. Uh, people from that industry and yeah it's just it's a matter of looking at uh you know they they, they say in the capital markets uh, trend is your friend right so yeah. you know so right now you know gold is is moving uh uh you know ca- mining w- had to come back because you know everything i was reading was telling me all these governments printing money like there's no tomorrow and and you know uh interest rates staying at zero all of these are environments at, at some point right it's very basic right you don't have to be an economic uh, expert it's very basic if you borrow more than you know you earn you know you're going to be in trouble right and it's it's no different than our own household and that's what governments have been doing so all those things told me sort of uh i I guess intuitively that something has to happen soon and uh rest is you know history i was uh, i just uh you know picked uh these sectors at the, at, at the right time so just at the right time they, they say you know if you work hard enough you get lucky so i guess that's what i was <laughs> yeah the harder you work the luckier you get thank you again for sharing now um just prior to jumping into the gold conversation i know that you've uh, spent some time rubbing shoulders with some uh, amazing people one of those was uh, uh the famous uh, will smith and um you and he uh, talked about philanthropic ventures i i see i believe that you are obviously a man of balance and you see the good in giving and helping others to become better and living and building a, a better planet for us all to exist on. What what made you start thinking about that? And what was that experience like with Will? 
Well, I think uh, giving is extremely important. You know, uh, you know, you you we have a responsibility, right, to share, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I've never been, you know, super money focused or hungry. I mean, I think uh, if you work uh, smart, hard, if you're kind, you know, you 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 share, you give, you give. You know, I mean, I've been I've been I was brought up uh, with this, right? That always yeah. uh, donate, uh, you know, ten percent of your income. You know, so this is just, uh, these are just the things that you, they become sort of your lifelong lessons. You don't understand them as a kid, but you kind of learn and you, they they stay with you. And I think, uh, so I've always done that. I mean, it's, for example, in my company in Blue Lagoon Resources, you know, all my stock, uh, you know, it was escrowed, is is still escrowed. And the very first release that I had was uh, uh, 50,000 shares. Uh, I donated it to a, a local hospital that I'm the uh, I, I'm on, on the board of. I do a lot of community work. I'm on uh, worked for hospitals, universities. Uh, so you know, I, I think it's very very important that uh, you know that one shares. Uh, and Will Smith's uh, was a very interesting you know conversation. Uh, you know, it's amazing the aura when I met him uh, that you you know that that he you know that the 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 sense that you get around him you know with his uh, with his mm-hmm. present yeah he's a fantastic uh, movie star but you know what honestly to be honest with you I'm, i didn't want to engage in a conversation because a lot of, i love the guy i love his movies but yep. you know what often you meet these people and honestly they're not very good <laughs> they're not very kind <laughs> but he was amazing right he was amazing and just the feeling that he 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 portrayed in fact uh, I, I took a photo with him a selfie and uh, i'm not a selfie guy i don't i, I told him i said i don't even know how to do it and and you know what he said it was a, it just blew me away he reached out to me and he says please allow me oh. and he took that picture of the, of the of the two of us so you know it's a very simple uh a, a lesson of, of of giving and about just uh sharing and and not thinking that you know you're anyone special because at the at the uh at the at end of the day i'm pretty sure he uh takes off and puts on his pants the same way i do every morning and every evening right and, yeah and he demonstrated that we've got two feet and a heartbeat we're all the same we might be in different locations but we have different uh, very similar goals now thank you very much for sharing that i I know that you come from a place of fundamentals. You've obviously talked about giving, uh, you know, and giving back and, and all these things. Now, thank you very much for sharing that. Moving into the gold conversation, Rana, uh, and Blue Lagoon, Blue Lagoon Resources, I know that this is um, coming into its own right now. You, you took it over from someone else. Is that correct? How did this all come about? No, no, I started it from scratch. Uh, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, after the after, uh, you know, uh, hitting it uh, pretty big, uh, having two great successes in the cannabis space, mm-hmm. I was reading about mining industry and about gold and, and uh, I wanted to I, I could see that cannabis uh, was 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 it peaked out, it was just way overvalued. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I decided to uh, start uh, this uh, mining uh, you know, company. Uh, right from scratch, right? From I scratch. started it uh, uh, right from the, the, the very beginning. I, we IP, I, I IPO'd it uh, right on the Canadian Securities Exchange uh, just a little over a, a year ago. I, I started the process uh, well over 18 months ago, but it, you know, it takes a few months to kind of put it all together. And then we started trading actually on July 4th, uh, 2019. Oh, wow. So uh, what type of deposits are there? Is, it, is there more than gold? Is there other minerals there? Yeah, predominantly the project, I mean, we have a couple of the projects that, that I started the company with, but uh, predominantly the main project that I'm very, very excited and bullish about is the project that I, I picked up uh, about six months ago, and that is the Dome Mountain project in the northern British Columbia. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gold, predominantly a gold project, but it also has silver. In fact, uh, currently we have uh, uh, a little more than four 
uh, times the silver that we have gold. So for every ounce of gold, we have uh, a little over four ounces of silver, uh, which we never used to talk about because silver wasn't that much in favor. But yeah. now with the prices where they are and where the where the smartest people in the industry are talking about silver being somewhere between 50 to $100, I mean, that becomes very, very, uh, very, very exciting. So this is a, a predominantly a gold project. And uh, what's most exciting about it is that it's, it's a little bit unique in that it has a permitted mine already. Uh, you know, it takes uh, 20 plus years to get these things from the beginning to up to the point where you, where you get a permit and you can mine. Production. And I was, again, just at the right place at the right time. These uh, people had, uh, you know, there's $68 million already spent on this property. Uh, 28 of that just happened in the last uh, dozen years by the, my, by the previous owners. They just ran out of time. You know, they're 83 years old now, wonderful people, yeah. but they just couldn't get it to the finish line. They got it literally to the one yard line. I mean, if you see the some of the pictures and if you ever have a chance to visit the property, I mean, you'll be just blown away because all the infrastructure is there, right? From generators to a 500 meter, you know, hole on the side yeah. of the mountain, a big <laughs> tunnel that goes right to the, you know, those are very expensive. That costs millions of dollars, right? To right to the to the, to the permitting, so we have that uh, uh, there in place, and then we have these fifteen very high grade veins, gold veins that are already known. So we don't have to go search for them; they're already known. We know where they are historically. Yeah, and we have that. And then the last piece is ninety uh, percent of the property has never been explored. So we have a gold property in a hot gold market oh. that's near permit, near uh, you know uh, uh, ready to go uh, from a production perspective. Uh, and uh, we have lots of exploration uh, uh, upside. See, it, they've already done the geology. They've drilled the the boreholes to check the, I guess, the strata and what's in the in the cores. And the, all that groundwork is done. It's amazing. How very exciting. I I wonder. Um, with everything that's going on in the world nowadays, uh, it seems to me, regardless of uh, if there's pandemics, if there's, um, I guess, if gold's flat, it still seems to be very popular among investors. Is is that still true? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, you know, we're just in the first inning. You know, uh, people have been waiting for a long time for, you know, gold to really, you know, take off and do, uh, you know, what, it, what everybody thinks it's going to do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, look, it, it's not uh, it's not rocket science. Right. I mean, ever since, uh, you know, the world went off the gold standard. Remember, there was the, the piece of paper, you know, that we call money, you know, had value only because it was backed by something. Otherwise, it's just a piece of paper. Right. Yeah. And and ever since the, the governments went off, the gold standard, obviously, because they, they, you know, with that, they couldn't control their, their, their lying, really, you know, you know, un unfortunately, I hate to break it to the, I don't know how it is in Australia, but over here, governments lie, right, all the time, right, yeah. so, you know, they needed to print more and more to pay for everything that they want to print, uh, that, that they want to pay for, whether it's wars, or, you know, you, you know, handing out social programs, I mean, that's just the way, you know, you know, governments operate, so in that environment, and, you know, gold thrives, right? And uh, you saw that happen in 2008 and 2009, right? Uh, when gold had its uh, last run, uh, because again, there was this, this whole economic unrest. Yeah, we're just starting. Look, uh, have, can you ever remember a time in your life when you have this unprecedented uh, printing of money around the world, right? Mm -hmm. Every government is, is in the same boat because they got to get their people, you know, back to work. Uh, and, uh, you know, you've got, You've got this uh, this uh, uh, unrest happening, right? Demonstrations happening all over the world and riots, oh, yeah. and then you, on top of that, I mean, who could have possibly, in their wildest dream, predict a world pandemic at the same time? 
So, I mean, these, uh, this is an environment that gold and silver and, you know, the precious metals thrive on because people are recognizing that their dollar, their, their currency is becoming worthless. So how do you, uh, how do you, pres how do you preserve that? And, and the only way to do that is, uh, is by being in, uh, in precious metals because they hold their value. I'm just interested gold. as a bit of a sidetrack. Um, what's your interest in, um, uh, you know, the digital currency that's coming through, you know, the, the bitcoins and the likes? What's your view on that? I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, too much about that. I, I you know, I, I looked at it uh, briefly, you know, when all the craze was, you know, happening, mm -hmm. you know, and that last, that was a, just a little bit. I don't understand it enough, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I get it that there's some sort of a scarcity factor and, and that, but I don't understand how fully how, uh, how uh, they create that uh, sort of a scarcity. So I'm a little bit... Uh, uh, suspicious yes. of you know computers and how you know they could change some algorithms or programming or oh, whatever great. they do, and suddenly <laughs> there's a whole bunch of more you know Bitcoin or or, or Ethereum or you know the various <laughs> ones that we have there. Right? Thank you. I um, I'm loving this conversation. You're a wealth of knowledge, and now I wonder. In terms of geopolitical, um, local political, everything that's coming up in, in the November elections, what do you think is going to uh, play out in terms of how this might affect gold and other precious metals? Well, I don't uh, frankly think it's going to make any difference, right? I don't think the gold uh, cares uh, whether the Republicans win or whether the Democrats win, because I think if you get uh, Trump back in in office, uh, you know, you get continued unrest, right? I mean, you, this is just his style, right, of, of, of aggressiveness. And and uh, so you're going to get continued unrest, in my opinion. And, and uh, you're going to get continued, of course, spending of the money because, you know, he wants to build the, the big wall that he kept saying that Mexico is going to pay for, which they haven't, obviously, <laughs> right? So he's got to pay, he's got, he's got to pay for that. And he's got to put, you know, people back to work because obviously, he thrives on on making sure everybody knows that the economy is doing well. Well, how's he going to do well? He's got to print more money and, and, and keep the interest rates low, you know, which is what they're what they're doing. If the Democrats win, you know, you've got a left leaning socialist uh, environment and they're going to dish out even more money. They're going to have to print even more. Uh, so I don't think, uh, you know, gold, uh, you know, cares or silver. And on top of that. You know, you've got uh, this pandemic that does not look like it's going away every time soon. So I think this unrest continues, and I think gold is has uh, no place but up to go. It's a steady base for people to look at, isn't it? Absolutely. I'd love to, if we could, uh, Rana, is to come back to entrepreneurialism, because I know a lot of our audience, uh, startups and their smaller business, uh, smaller medium-sized business owners, you've had a lot of experience in this in, as a business owner, as a consultant. I was wondering if we can talk about, I guess, the fundamentals of business and how you go about, um, I guess, being a leader in an organization. What would you say to a, a, an up-and-coming individual? Yeah, I got a lot of proof, by the way. See all this here? I had, <laughs> before I started on my entrepreneur journey, this I had lots more. of here. This is more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, entrepreneurship is not easy, right? And it's mm. not for everyone, right? You have to have, you know, that, uh, that uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, you, you, you know, that fortitude, I guess, right? I mean, yep. you know, you're, because, you know, it's, it's not a nine to five, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's no guarantee of a paycheck at the at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, of the day, but you know, you've got to have a passion for it. So if you have a passion, and it's got to be more than money, right? Because if it's just about making money, then you know, when when those ups and downs come, it's it's very very difficult. I mean, I mean, look at me, right? When I got involved, I was very successful. I got involved in the in the mining sector, and boom, right? I mean, that's a pretty big uh, hit to take when you lose that kind of money after oh, yeah. tax dollars, right? 
but you know what? You have to stick it out. You have to have the, the, the willpower and the positive attitude to say, okay, you're right. It doesn't mean you don't get down. Of course, I was down too, right? But you pick yourself up and you say, all right, uh, uh, let me figure out. Uh, I'm in this mess. How do I get out of it? And you get out of it by surrounding yourself, in my opinion, by people uh, who know more than you. And I think that's a very important uh, lesson I learned very early on in my life. And look, I, I was a young, cocky guy when I was in my, in my mid-20s. <laughs> I learned uh, quickly that, hey, listen, you know, I don't know anything. I'm stupid at most things. That's what I've discovered, right? <laughs> I'm only very good at a couple of things, right? And I laser beam focus on those. The rest I can hire or I can surround myself and learn from. And look at today, we have the incredible tools. I didn't have Google when I grew up. Oh, no. You know, we, we had to go to, I don't know what happens in Australia, but here, you know, you'd go out to a, your local uh, grocery store, the big chain Safeway, and they'd sell you a 99 cent encyclopedia. You'd, you'd buy one, <laughs> yep, yep. one, <laughs> one, uh, up. yep. You remember that? Oh, right? yeah. did, they, did they have that in Australia? Oh, yes, absolutely. Right. You know, so you did that uh, one at a time. You know, right. But look at today. Uh, we have this incredible tool. I tell my kids all the time. I mean, this is amazing what people are growing up with. So entrepreneurs have the, you know, this access to all sorts of things from motivational to to just, you know, knowledge in their industry. So I think that a young budding entrepreneur, you, you know, they need to understand first. Right. That uh, it's, you know, it's OK to be confident. Right. But cocky and, and, and not, uh, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not a place for, for in my opinion, right, to, uh, where, where that leads to success. So you want to be around, surround yourself with people who are more knowledgeable than you are. And don't be afraid to say, hey, I don't know this. That's you okay. Know. You right? can be humble. Absolutely, right? It's not a, it's not a beauty contest here, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing, Rana. This is a great conversation. I'm really appreciating it and learning a lot. I, I wonder, um, in terms of operational dynamics, how has the pandemic affected the way you operate your businesses? Uh, you know, we've been uh, very fortunate uh, in BC, where I am uh, in Canada, the uh, uh, mining is considered an essential service. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and we are up and up in the north, uh, in a, we're a small town, right? It's about 15, uh, 20,000 people. And, uh, and our project is just a, just a, a less than an hour away from the town. So we have not had any disruptions. Um, certainly from a personal perspective, I mean, you know, uh, I have a, an office uh, in downtown Vancouver as well as a home office and I haven't gone to the office in the last uh, nearly a little over five months, um, but I haven't needed to, right? I have a home office, I have the internet, I have my phone and really that, those are the tools you need. Um, and uh, yeah, our, our geologist is from the United States. We did have a little blip uh, uh, when he was coming over here. There was a lot of confusion at the, uh, you know, at the border and mm -hmm. you know all that. But we got him through, uh, you know, fine. He's here. He's he's working, and uh, we're uh, working hard advancing the project. So we've been very fortunate. In the mining industry, has seen uh, not a whole lot of disruption uh, here, here in Canada. I love taking the opportunity to um, speak with um, people like yourself in terms of not only their business smarts, but also their daily routines because i think on balance if you don't look after yourself and you don't have the right mindset and look after your body you're not going to be able to perform at peak which i suspect is very important in your position can you t 100%. tell us a little bit about you know your day what does it look like what does it include 
Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, right? I mean, uh, you know, I start the day, you know, fairly early. I'm usually up uh, between uh, 5 and 5.30. And uh, normally before I get out of bed, you know, I, I tend to, you know, just kind of lie there for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, it's kind of my own form of meditation. So I'm not sitting there formally meditating, meditating mm-hmm. but I'm just, I'm sort of, th- sort of thinking about the day and about what's the, the tasks ahead and a lot of sort of positive visualization, you know, thinking about, how great this, uh, you know, the day is going to be. That kind of sets the tone for me, you know, for the day. And then, uh, you know, I, I just uh, attack the day from there. And uh, by the time I'm done, uh, you know, through what, whether it's meetings, and that's been one of the, you know, asked earlier about the challenges. One of the most, the biggest challenges that, that COVID has, has, has created is a lack of contact. You know, I'm used to taking oh, yeah. people out for lunches yep. and a glass of wine, mm-hmm. you know, and now none of that you know, can really take place has been very challenging. And there's been a lot of Zoom meetings. I mean, you know, I never, I didn't know Zoom existed, to be honest with you, six months ago, right? So, but yeah, so, you know, ha- have a lot of meetings during throughout the day uh, on, 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 you know, on, on Zoom and various conference calls. And then the evening, you know, uh, the way I sort of wind down, as I, as I alluded to earlier, I was joking, but I'm, I'm quite serious. You know, I, I, I usually have a glass or two uh, of, uh, of, of red wine, a nice mm-hmm. red wine. And I sit with my wife, we catch up for, you know, for a, an hour, an hour and a half. I was kind of what the day is. And it just kind of ties it all in, you know, with my kids and just so that there's a bit of a balance. And then, you know, we ca- carry on, uh, you know, with our evenings. And in between that, you know, I find, I usually find, try to find about uh, 40 minutes or so uh, to for a, a workout, right? Some sort of a, 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 a you know whether it's whether I'm on my roar or my elliptical or some uh, some uh, uh, weights, mm-hmm. uh, just to break up the routine and and and, and make sure that the you know the the, the blood is flowing, and because uh, I think that's because I think that's very very important. We we've basically covered off on adaption and innovation um, because of this pandemic that we're all experiencing right now. Um, I think people have started to learn that they can adapt and they can innovate. What are some of the positive things that you're seeing uh, in your world in relation to adaption and innovation? Yeah, I, I think that uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, people panic, right? As a, as a, it's a knee-jerk reaction, right? Something happens and everybody just suddenly panics like, oh my God, what's going to happen? But you're right. I mean, hey, uh, uh, invention is a, is a, what do they say? Invention is the... Uh, uh, mother of necessity. Yes, yes. Right, right. So I mean, uh, it, 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 things. You, you figure it out. You know, as, yep. as you go along. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the biggest sort of adaptation has been uh, these, uh, you know, these meetings and the lack of. That's been, I think, the greatest challenges is not being able to actually go personally to meet people, or if you do, you know, you're nervous. You know, are you, are you, uh, do you meet outside? Do you meet, in a, you know, indoors? And I don't know how, how it's been in Australia. And we've actually been fairly, fairly lucky here in, 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 uh, in BC, uh, uh, Eastern Canada, not so much, but in Western Canada where I am, it's been pretty good, although we are uh, sort of uh, increasing again. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, the lessons you learn are that uh, you can overcome anything i mean really yeah. at the end of the day and it gets goes back to our conversation about entrepreneurism right i mean mm-hmm. you know you every challenge you face it's a learning opportunity right i mean you know the mind is is like an elastic band right i mean if you, you, you the more you stretch it right the more it gives like more you know you you have to you have to stretch it in order to to test it to work, to work it to 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 uh to sharpen it 
right? And it doesn't uh, do any good if it's just uh, if, if you don't do that. So all these challenges are, are simply opportunities to learn and uh, to, uh, to attack and to figure out, uh, you know, if you, if you can't go over, you go under. If you can't go under, you go this, this side, that side, right? I mean, these are just different opportunities. And I think COVID is, uh, is no different. We've been very privileged to be able to digress a little bit with you, Rana, and I do appreciate this uh, away from the gold conversation for the moment. But on that, I'm wondering, what is the process of, um, I guess, approvals and how difficult was it to get, uh, I guess, Blue Lagoon, Blue Lagoon resources listed um, on the stock markets? Uh, it's a it's a challenge. I mean, you know, you you have to be able to prove to the regulators that you have a project that's worthy, mm. you know, of the public uh, to invest. So, you know, that's why it takes a few months. So, yeah. you know, it uh, it, uh, it it was uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, no more challenging than I guess uh, anything I've, uh, I've done in my life. It's a process, basically. Right. You put it together uh, and then. But the, the key really is once you're listed, what are you going to do? Right. And so, you know, we were out, I was out all the time, you know, looking to see how can I increase shareholder value because ultimately, you know, shareholders come in, you know, at X and they want to exit at X plus. Yes, right. Of course. And the only, and the only way you can do that, right. As a, as a, as management, as a CEO of the company is by uh, increasing, you know, how do you increase that shareholder value? Well, the only way you can do that is by executing on a plan and making sure that you are, uh, growing whatever you're doing, whatever your business is, you're growing. And in this case, you know, growing our property portfolio. So, you know, I did, uh, I did three acquisitions in 10 months. I mean, I was very, very focused, right? Acquired other projects, but I was still looking for, you know, a bigger one. And, you know, and we were looking everywhere in Brazil and Colombia, you know, you know, in gold sort of known gold uh, regions and uh, came across uh, this dome mountain uh, uh, project. So, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's challenging and and but certainly not uh, not uh, impossible. And uh, you know, I'm I'm living proof uh, you know of that, right? I'm a, I was a young immigrant, young immigrant immigrant when I came here in, in the '70s. Uh, never finished uh, my schooling, never finished my degree, and uh, here I am. Here you are. Thank you so very much. Now, importantly, um, uh, we're getting to that point in, in the call where we start talking about uh, tickers. Now, if somebody wants to uh, find you on the exchanges, what is the ticket that they will be using? Sure. So in Canada, we trade under the symbol BLLG, and in the U.S., we trade under BLAGF. Fantastic. Thank you so very much. Now, um, also, Rana, I know that you have a personal website. I was wondering if you could uh, maybe share a little bit about if people want to find you both personally and professionally, where are they going to find you? Yeah, look, the best uh, is places to go to uh, uh, bluelagoonresources.com. Uh, on it, uh, they'll find an email uh, a link, and it'll that email will eventually make its way to me. I'm a, I'm a very engaged CEO. I, I take my responsibility to talking to shareholders or potential shareholders uh, very, very uh, seriously, whether they're large or small. It doesn't matter to me. I think it's a it's a very important uh, responsibility. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy to engage in conversations via either email or get on a call and uh, and answer uh, any questions. I try to be very transparent. So any questions, uh, you know, that I can answer, I'm happy to uh, answer and uh, and address them. What an amazing call! Thank you again, Rana. Now for everybody who's on the call today, as is normally the case, I will be making the links back to Rana at Blue Lagoon Resources. Anywhere you find this call, you will find those links. Rana, in closing, I've had just such a wonderful experience spending some time with you on the My Future Business Show today. Thank you, Rick. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, 
then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.